Hello and welcome to Open Door Missions Coffee with Candace podcast. This podcast shares updates on Open Door Missions ministry and engages in topics and events surrounding those experiencing hunger, homelessness, and poverty. I'm Open Door Missions Kristen, along with President and CEO of Open Door Mission, Candace Gregory. Hello, Kristen, and to listeners. We are so excited. This is our second episode, and we have so much to say. And we're <laughs> going to just jam pack it in here. But Open Door Mission is a gospel rescue mission, and we offer uh, more than 917 safe shelter beds to those experiencing homelessness. We feed 4,747 nutritious meals to those that are hungry, and we empower over a thousand people to remain in their own homes through our homeless prevention and diversion programs. And we offer 40 programs for free, Kristen, Mm -hmm. because of the generosity and compassion of our community. But it's all about Camp Plus Care. Our kids are having a blast this summer because of our generous and compassionate community. I loved that we got to hear from some of the kids last episode. You can tell they're having so much fun and doing things like things I never even did when I was growing up, like archery, they were super excited about. And And they build birdhouses last week. So if you come for a tour, you'll see birdhouses in our trees. That's so sweet. Well, thank you to everyone who checked out our first episode and all your positive feedback. A great way to support us and this show is by leaving a five-star rating. We would also love to hear from you if you have any questions for Candace. We've already got feedback, Kristen. We've already got questions coming in. And yes, we would love to be on the app. Apple, YouTube, um, and we know that there's some other options mm-hmm. out there. And so we're looking into those. We're working on that. And uh, we just thank you for your feedback. Thanks for listening and tuning in. And we really would love your questions. So if you have something that you have wondered more about, about homelessness or even just about Open Door Mission in general, um, you can leave a comment or send us an email to odm at opendoormission.org. So today we're covering a little bit of everything. Summer's a great time to start volunteering, and we desperately need people right now. So we're going to have information on becoming a volunteer and the impact that you can make. We're also going to talk about upcoming events. Yes, we have some events coming back. And uh, we'll also um, touch on our urgent needs. And later, we're going to hear a story of hope from someone you might recognize if you have volunteered in our kitchen or been on a tour. And that's our hospitality manager, Chef Ken Wallenkamp. So Candace, first, let's start with some questions. I'm going to start with a personal question. Uh, You've been at... I know, right? (laughs) You've been at Open Door Mission for over 28 years. What is it that keeps you serving here? It's definitely the people. Um, My faith drives me, but it's the people that keeps me. Um, I just love empowering others. In fact, on Friday evening, I got to go to dinner for with two of our past students that graduated in 1996. Wow. And so it was so exciting to meet Carol and Beth for dinner and just hear how awesome they're doing and their children are doing. I mean, Beth's five children are all doing phenomenal. Two are LPNs. One's a firefighter. Um, Beth herself is actually a lead chef, works at Creighton University. Um, Carol... All of her kids are doing extremely well, too. She has her own home, and it's just so exciting. We could have sat and talked. Even we had finished eating. Mm-hmm. We had uh, had a couple bites of dessert, and yet we could have talked a couple more hours, just how good God is in our lives. Well, and then when you hear those stories and hear how well the kids are doing, that's when you realize, I mean, it is more than just that person's life that mm-hmm. is changed when they go through our new life recovery program. And the cycle being broken for generations. That's what's exciting to me in both Beth and Carol's life. 
All right. So why should people care about homelessness and poverty in their community? You know, people ask me that oftentimes. And the number one for me now, for others, I mean, it could be a different reason. But for me, it's because God's word calls us to care for the poor and needy. It's that simple. You know, the Bible is a blueprint for our lives. If we open it up, God has an answer for everything. It really doesn't matter what Kristen and Candace thinks, really, <laughs> truly. Um, but, you know, God's word calls us to care for the poor and needy. And that's just so as simple as it is. Now, I know a lot of other people for different reasons are here volunteering or supporting the Open Door Mission um, because they want to make a difference. And we are grateful. Others are giving because it's a tax deductible on their um, taxes, their line item uh, preparers and, and all of those things. And so really, I don't really care or think about why someone is giving or donating. I just care about getting to know them too, Mm -hmm. Um, because it is about um, people in general. And so many of our supporters and volunteers are our friends, Kristen. We really do care about them and their families, and we pray for them too. So how big of an issue is homelessness in Omaha? In our area, we continue to see an increase in women and children. Um, We continue to see an increase in veterans. There's some populations within the homeless population. It's kind of complex, but we continue to see some of those national trends even hitting here in the Midwest. So there's a big difference between giving someone a handout and empowering them to make changes. So mm-hmm. what kinds of things does Open Door Mission do to empower people? You know, it's not it's it's not uh, uncommon for me to get calls, especially from family. And uh, behind uh, every person who's living in their addiction is a fabulous enabler. <laughs> right. And so um, we all, you know, can sometimes fall into that because we have feelings and emotions and we see that person standing on the corner. And, you know, if God tells you to give, then you better give because we're not God. But ultimately, please give them a compassion card or a bottle of water. Um, I tend to say don't leave them with a a bunch of food because they'll just leave it there. That's not what they're really after. In our community, they're looking for money to support their addiction. So we really want to promote our compassion cards. And getting them here and empowering them to make those big changes in their lives. We do well checks. So if you see someone that um, needs assistance, then, you know, give us a call on our 402-422-1111. Ask for staff on duty. Tell them that you have somebody that needs a well check. It could mean life and death. It feels like we get more of those calls in the summertime during the really bad heat. We do. Absolutely. When you see somebody overdressed, uh, talking to themselves, or maybe uh, being loud or obnoxiously loud and not realizing those social cues, it's really a red flag that somebody is not, you know, able to care for themselves Mm -hmm. in a way that would be safe. And so it's okay to do a well check. Now, food insecurity continues to be one of the biggest issues many in our community are facing. We have seen a bigger need this year. Our costs are up. Everybody's costs are up Mm -hmm. right now. But what what everyone is seeing across the country is a drop in donations as well. More people to serve and less giving. We just did an article with the Washington Post about this, and we are not alone. Um, we are continuing to see that people just do not have, Kristen, the discretional income. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, Open Door Mission as a nonprofit is not someone's tithe. They're giving that to their church, mm-hmm. their parish, their synagogue. We're really the offering, the extra, the surplus that somebody may have. And you can see that maybe people don't have the extra to go through the Starbucks or 
scooters or maybe go to one of the fast food um, because they're feeling the crunch too of the extra expenses for utilities and gas and of course food. But what wouldn't you want to stress though that everyone can make a difference, even if it's a little. We all come together. Mm-hmm. We do, and, and you know, for two dollars and fifteen cents, that is you know something that we can you know scrape together. Whether that be I'm pulling all the couch cushions out, and there's the <laughs> the goodies That's in there. Scary when I pull my couch cushions out. <laughs> yeah, um, or you know that extra five bucks that was in somebody's jean pocket, finders keepers. Um, but it is something you have to build in to mm-hmm. your budget it's it's um you know for my husband and I it's just easier that we budget monthly and so um we we are actually Heartland Hand Club members because we not only believe and are passionate about what the open air mission does but we support them as well so Heartland Hand member means that you just that's right. We give monthly. monthly. And you can give through um, your credit card, your EFT, through your bank. You can set it up online, just like you do Netflix or mm-hmm. any of your other monthly subscriptions. And you can also um, very easily shop on our Amazon wish list for any of our urgent needs that we have, including food. Hunger Heroes is alive and well. You can visit our website. You can see some of the items that we truly need. Boxed meals, um, canned fruit, canned vegetables. Of course, um, kids are out of school, so mac and cheese, <laughs> cereal, <laughs> snacks. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about veterans. According to CityGate Network's snapshot survey in 2018, 10% of people receiving services in North America are veterans. Does Open Door Mission serve a lot of veterans? We do see uh, veterans, and we try to partner with many of our other agencies in the community that serve only veterans because of their specialty and their niche. Um, But oftentimes, there's a reason why someone's coming through our doors. And yes, they are veterans. And so again, we try to get them partnered up with our Veterans Affairs, Mm -hmm. who comes here twice a week, as well as other... um, specific agencies, a lot of times our veterans have been isolated and they're disengaged from their family. And um, of course, it's not on their bucket list to come here. And so it's treating people with respect and dignity and meeting them where they're at. And we love our um, salute to the red, white, and blue that we celebrate annually. Yeah. And we have a veteran prayer guide we just came out with this month where you can download that now. Um, gives you things to be praying for for some of the veterans and features one of our very own Open Door Mission staff members who is a veteran. James. I know. It's such he, a powerful story. It is a great story. Um, so we encourage you to do that at opendoormission.org. And a lot of times in July, Candace, you like to do the veteran challenge for volunteering too, just to get people to volunteer on I our do, campus. I do, because there's someone, we all know someone who made a sacrifice to mm-hmm. be a veteran. And that means just one time that, you know what, we're going to we're gonna donate our time in honor of that veteran. And I think it's important. It's a great message. So what are the some of the volunteer opportunities that we have currently on our campus? We are just wrapping up, of course. We always need help in our Timberlake Outreach Center. Always. We can't stock the shelves fast enough for people in need. Um, and that doesn't take much brain power. It's just like putting it out there. and, and I like and, jobs like that sometimes. You know, yeah. like I just need a break. Exactly. <laughs> no thinking today. <laughs> but you can make an impact. And of course, super excited. We're having our celebration carnival. I know everyone else is having a back to school bash, but we're having a celebration carnival. And we're going to have great music, fabulous food off the grill, uh, wonderful carnival games with prizes. And of course, the caveat is we're going to have a wonderful shopping area where people can actually look for things for their children to go back 
back to school. And uh, some of those things are, yes, clothing and shoes, but also we'll have those fabulous back to school supplies. And we need volunteers to help us run that event. Yes, we do. About 200 volunteers. Wow. And it will be warm out. So we're just asking for that two-hour shift. And uh, so if you could consider, we would love to have you join us. And that will be in August. Yes. So can kids volunteer? Absolutely. Some of our best volunteers are our napkin passer outers. You know, if you're <laughs> under 16, you can't serve hot food, but you can serve the desserts. You can serve with a smile. And it's just so important for us to teach our children. When we start to teach them at a young age to volunteer, it becomes part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's what we love to see. And then, of course, you can be as old as 93 and you can have a sit-down job. You could. <laughs> uh, you can sit down and you can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, or you can actually go through our books that are donated and make sure that we get the right books on our bookshelf. But there's truly something for everyone. So we have, um, if you come on our campus and volunteer, you might see some volunteers have a, a special name tag called Valued Volunteers. So that what does true. that mean? Our VVs um, are fabulous. Those are ones that come every week here at the Open Door Mission, or they accumulate a total of so many hours in a six-month period. And then we celebrate them. Yes. And we have a we actually have a town hall meeting. And it's so fun because when they're here that much, they're seeing things that we don't even see sometimes and they can bring it to our attention. Well, if you are interested in volunteering with you or your family or even a group, um, you can start by going to our website, opendoormission.org. If it's a group, you'll want to set that up with uh, Deb and uh, come volunteer on our campus. We appreciate our volunteers so much. They are truly making an impact in the lives of people experiencing homelessness and poverty. And we literally couldn't do what we do without them. Well, we do have a couple of events coming up this year that I um, we want you to save the date on. Super excited about this. Pack, back by popular demand. It's our ladle of love on September 17th. For anyone who hasn't gone before, Candace, can you tell us a little bit more about ladle of love? I am so excited about ladle of love. Um, back by popular demand is true. Um, you know, people keep asking us, uh, you know, prior to COVID, this is one of our, you know, largest attended events by our volunteers and our supporters. And um, you get to eat as much soup as you want. It is a taste testing. And, uh, we'll and a have, competition. Yes, it is. We'll have over 20 <laughs> soups competing, including Chef Ken's. And um, we have the Ladle of Love, bronze, silver, and gold that will be awarded. And it's just amazing going around town and when you go to have dinner to see those ladles out in the community yeah. and, and awarded. And so um, we just really, and we'll have some artwork that will be displayed by our students. And uh, we desserts. just encourage you. Desserts. You desserts and bread. I forgot. And <laughs> You know, of course, you can have a tour. Maybe you haven't seen our new clinic, our new art studio, and we encourage you to stay and have a tour. And we do have tickets on sale already, so you can go to I our didn't website. Know that. Yes, right on our website. Wowza. Yeah, opendoormission.org. I like planning. Candace, so it's good that we have those tickets yes. on sale. Also, on November 2nd will be our Love Your Neighbor celebration at King of Kings Church. We are celebrating changed lives that night. Are you looking forward to that? I am looking forward to that. I don't know if I'm looking forward to, Kristen, um, the red carpet. That was That's fun. That's fun. The photo booth. But what I'm really looking forward to is those appetizers. <laughs> they were the so best appetizers ever i agree with you that cucumber with that little chutney sauce on the top with the cream cheese what in the world didn't even know they made that i know i can't mm. even pick a favorite because it was so so good i just know i went 
to the tables too many times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we heard back from the feedback is that our supporters enjoyed the laid back atmosphere, that they could just sit at a table, visit with family or friends, met new friends, mm-hmm. um, got to see people they hadn't seen for years, uh, got to talk to our staff. Um, and then, you know, our program's really short, you yeah. know, 10 minutes. We just highlight some great things. We'll have a video. And so it's just come as you are and leave when you want. Yep. And so for more information, you can go to our website, opendoormission.org, but we'd love to have you there and talk about, you know, save the date. I know it's November. It feels like it's forever away, but oh, how And it's fast. our birthday. It'll oh, yeah. be it, November 1st is our birthday. So it really is a celebration yeah. for the Open Door Mission. Well, one thing we love to share at Open Door Mission are those stories of hope. When we hear from someone who's been through our new life recovery program. So today we're talking with someone who not only has been through the program, but now he works here at Open Door Mission. Thanks for being here, Chef Ken. Thanks for having me. Well, you've been working here at Open Door Mission for a couple of years now. What's a typical day like for you? Like, how do you decide what you're going to make for lunch and dinner? I would just walk around the kitchen and and kind of figure out uh, what we have on hand um, uh, for that day as we get lots of donations. Um, Every day we get donations and um, just trying to figure out what we have on hand and uh, if we have enough to make lunch or dinner or whatever (laughs) for uh, as many people as we cook for. And then we just kind of... Um, so you literally don't know until you come in in the morning? Um, it's been getting better lately. Uh, we are able to plan maybe one or two days out and just kind of, um, you know, as, as, as far as what proteins we're going to use, but as far as what we're going to make with those proteins, not really until the day of. So tell us about your life before you got to Open Door Mission. Um, all right. Well, I've been in a, a chef role my whole life. Um, uh, graduated culinary school when I was 23 um, and just started working in restaurants. Um, got married at 23 <clears throat> and um, uh, just worked a lot, you know, and then, uh, you know, 13 years lapsed and three kids later and and then, uh, you know, um, hit a bit of a, uh, a rough spot in my life uh, with a divorce and um, and then just, you know, wasn't really... Uh, prepared to deal with that. I mean, I thought I had a good marriage up until the day I found out I didn't. And, uh, wow. and then, um, yeah, so I didn't take that very well. Um, started, uh, started using substances, um, to kind of help me to, uh, just kind of live with the, the pain of losing everything I ever worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kids in particular, I mean, I have three sons and, and, uh, they've always meant the world to me. And, uh, Life as I knew it changed overnight. I just found that um, using uh, methamphetamines in particular uh, was a way to completely turn off my emotions. And that was something at the time I really welcomed. For years, actually, that went on because you really do lose sense of time. Um, And so, you know, what I may have intended to be something temporary turned into something permanent for about six years. Um, and I was, uh, I was really good at evading, uh, evading the law until, until I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, I ended up getting in, uh, getting in some serious trouble. Um, ended up having to, uh, serve some jail time. And that wasn't a very good, um, that wasn't a very good experience for me. Uh, having suppressed all these negative emotions for so long and then, you know, they don't let you have drugs in jail. So 
all those emotions kind of reared up. And so uh, I was in a really bad, really bad place, mm-hmm. really deep depression. Um, I didn't speak to anybody, uh, like literally in, in seven months I was in jail, I didn't speak a single word. Not one single word. No, I didn't. Um, and I didn't get out of my cot. I, I laid in my cot. The only reason I got up was to use the restroom and to, uh, you know, um, eat. And then I went and I laid back down in my cot and I literally laid in bed for seven months. Um, yeah, I wasn't talking to anybody. Um, you know, out loud, but I was talking to myself quite a bit. And I mean, you can imagine what those conversations were like and they were not, they were not good conversations. So I was pretty beat down. Yeah. So what happened after you got out of jail? Man, so I got out of jail, like full swing COVID in November of 2020. And, um, I didn't even know I was getting out of jail. I didn't even know I had court, uh, until the day they came and got me to, to have court. And I ended up getting out that day. Um, so it was, uh, you know, um, I had so no, pl- unprepared I had no, was a, a good word for yeah, that day, right? Yeah, that's an understatement. Um, no plan, no place to go. Um, tried calling, um, some of my friends, my so-called friends from, from past life. And, and as I didn't have anything really to offer them, you know, I mean, they weren't really in hindsight, they weren't really very good friends, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I ended up walking to a couple of shelters here in Omaha, um, and uh, they weren't accepting people because uh, COVID was full swing. So basically, um, the population that they had was the population they were keeping, and yeah. they weren't letting anybody else on the street. So um, I remember uh, November, freezing cold. Um, I had lost, qu- or I had gained quite a bit of weight in, in, in jail. So I went to jail at 140 pounds, um, completely emaciated, and. Uh, when I, when I left jail, the clothes that I had, that I had worn into jail wouldn't fit me anymore. So, uh, the jail gave me a pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Um, and that's basically what I had, uh, to my name. And it was pretty cold out being November and windy. I remember it being really windy. Um, so I ended up sleeping under a cardboard box in between a tree and a fence post for like two or three days, um, hungry. But then, you know, I was looking around at the people around me because the area that I was in was, uh, pretty, uh, dense with homeless people and, um, you know, um, tense and, uh, um, you know, just, 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 I don't know, uh, whatever they found to make dwellings. I didn't have that. And I just remember looking around and thinking to myself, these guys are so well equipped for doing this. And I am not like, I'm going to die out here. And then, uh, so I remember, I remember hearing something about the open door mission and, um, I didn't know exactly where it was, but, um, I had heard that it was, uh, somewhere around where the airport was. And so I just started following the airplanes and, uh, eventually, um, eventually I made it to the, uh, uh, the front door of the open door mission and I was able to stutter myself into the door. And, uh, I just remember, uh, feeling warm, uh, physically. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to, uh, grab something to eat. And that night I had a bed to lay in. I had a shower, which was really nice. Um, and that's what, uh, that's what brought me through the door of the open door mission. So we obviously have our new life recovery program. Was that something that you were thinking about when you came through the doors or were you just thinking, I just need to get in off this cold street? I really had no plan or direction with my life at that point. I didn't know what I wanted to do, um, how I was going to do anything. I was just, uh, needing a shelter and, um, so, uh, hearing about the new life recovery program that was later on, uh, as, walking through the door of the open door mission, I was still feeling pretty, uh, pretty low about myself. 
And so uh, I ended up staying in the in the general shelter for about a month still. And um, again, not speaking to anybody. Um, uh, here at the Open Mission, you can't lay down. So uh, in the daytime, uh, they make you get up and do stuff. But uh, I sat in a chair for a month. Um, still feeling sorry for myself and, you know, blaming God and blaming everybody else, blaming me. I mean, just full of blame, full of guilt, full of shame. And then uh, it was towards the tail end of uh, lunch one day. And um, I noticed that uh, the staff were clearing the dining room to uh, prepare for a new life recovery program graduation ceremony. And um, I refused to move. Not that I was asked to move, but I didn't get up. And I just kind of stayed where I was. And uh, again, no one bothered me. But I was able to observe the entire uh, graduation ceremony um, in where that um, all the students that had obviously made changes in their lives um, were going up on stage and they were telling their testimony and telling uh, people, um, you know, where they... uh, where they came from to where they're where they are now and how the open remission helped them and, and 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 what their plans are for the future and i just remember thinking to myself like a lot of those people i mean i can't really relate like 100 percent with what they were saying because people are different and have right. different walks but every single person i can relate to in some way and i just remember thinking to myself how happy these people looked and that i really wanted that um so I started, I started thinking about it, and uh, the next day, I, uh, I talked to Pat McKernan face-to-face, said, hey, I'm interested in joining the New Life Recovery Program, and he gave me an application. And he was our men's director at the time. <clears throat> He's now since retired. And uh, so um, he gave me the application, and I filled it out, and I turned it in to him. And the next, day after, uh, the next day after that, he interviewed me. It changed my life. So, I mean, yeah. I was accepted, and, and um, yeah, so, again— I was never really, I was really quiet and I was never really one to like, you know, like push an agenda, you know? And so a good friend of mine, uh, walked up to me and he said, all right, you've been sitting here long enough, not saying anything to anybody. What's your name? What are you here for? What do you want to accomplish? And I remember having a conversation with him. And then after the conversation, like, um, realizing that there was no condemnation, there was no like judgment that I felt coming from him and that, um, and that felt nice, you know, and that maybe, and that maybe all this judgment that I thought that I was feeling, um, from other people was actually just me projecting how I felt about myself onto them. And, um, so I started to kind of open up a little bit. Um, it was still slow, you know, and, uh, but I started going to classes. I started going to, I started attending Bible studies. I, tr- I started attending church. Um, and then of course the, uh, the classes directed at being an addict, you know, um, <clears throat> and how to, uh, work through issues, you know, um, life in the program is hard for me. Um, because, uh, <clears throat> at this time I hadn't spoken to my kids probably in like a year, a year and a half. You know, a week turns into a month and then a month turns into more than that. And then it's like, oh, man, I haven't spoken to my kids. And but by the time I went to the program, um, it it had been a while and uh, I don't I didn't have a phone. And I was watching I was looking around and all of uh, the programmers and everybody had a phone and everybody was talking to their family. And it was really difficult for me because 
I know that my kids live in Council Bluffs, which is a, a you know, just a jump away from here. And, um, and I didn't have a phone and I was still too shy to ask people to borrow stuff, you know, cause I mean, what do I have to offer? Nothing. And I came up in, and I came up in a, in an environment where it was like, you got nothing for free. And so, I mean, it was rough. And so, uh, ultimately I, I realized that there needed to be some changes and I needed to start with myself. And I, I started to just think maybe the problem is me. And, um, mainly my attitude as I'm hearing these, these classes in there talking about attitude and then being grateful for things. And then, um, you know, I mean, every morning I woke up and the first thought in my head was, man, I'm such a loser. I'm such a failure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm neglectful for my children. Um, I'm a terrible father, you know, where, how have I fallen so far from where I was because I used to be successful. So my attitude needed to start changing. And so every morning I was challenged. I was challenged to, to this, uh, that every morning I wake up and then I, uh, make a list of things I'm grateful for. And so, um, I thought it was stupid. Like, this is, this is just pointless. Like, but I started doing it, you know, grateful for a place to lay my head, you know, superficial things. I mean, I, things that people take for granted, I should say. I'm grateful to have, uh, you know, food in my belly. I'm grateful to have a place to be sick with COVID, uh, versus on the street, you know, um, and those kind of things. And then, you know, so slowly my list started growing, you know, things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the opportunity to get better. I'm grateful for, you know, um, the people around me who are supporting me who have been going through the same things or have gone through the same things or, 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 or whatever. And, um, slowly over time, the first thought in the morning when I woke up wasn't, I'm such a loser anymore. And it started changing to the first thing I woke up in the morning is, man, I had a really good night's sleep. That's awesome. You know, or I love thunderstorms. I'm so happy that my day starts off with this rain, you know, or, or things like that. You know, when the attitude started changing, my whole viewpoint on, on things started changing. I started to be able to like, uh, fully comprehend the responsibility that I had in the, in the position that I was in. So I grew up in the church and, um, church was always something I must do. Something that, um, was forced being here at the open door mission and then, and being surrounded by the, uh, the group of gentlemen, um, that surrounded me, uh, on a daily basis and going to, um, Bible studies with, with Dave Eidscheidt and, and, uh, you know, um, going, uh, having, uh, you know, um, faith-based groups like, uh, band of brothers and just, uh, surrounding myself with, with men who obviously, um, have had issues in their life, but have come together and, 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 and have a relationship with God. And so, I mean, I just remember completely surrendering, um, my entire will over to Jesus and, uh, not really knowing what that would look like, not really knowing how to do it. After that, everything changed. Um, I started just being happier and which is a new feeling for me because I, I, I was never happy. I can't remember really ever being happy. And, um, and so, um, I really enjoyed reading through the old Testament and I'm just, I'm just really, I love the stories of the Bible mm -hmm. and I love, uh, the, the people, uh, 
um, in the Old Testament, and you know when you're hearing about their their hardships, and you're hearing about all the all the struggles that they had to go through, and and then hearing their faith, and then what the fruit of that was is those really inspiring to me. Um, I love the history of it, um, so that really helped out. Um, I remember um, when I was in the program, I actually read the entire Bible in a few months. In a few months, wow. Yeah, that's, that's that was my. Um, did I understand all of it? No, I didn't, but I understood enough. Mm-hmm. And um, it was enough to um, really focus or allow me to focus on um, changing or wanting to change, but knowing that I couldn't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, man, all this time still I wasn't able to talk to my children, and I do believe that God does things. I believe that God puts you exactly where you need to be when you need to be there. And, uh, looking back on it now, not having a phone probably was one of the best things, um, that could have probably ever happened to me because I probably would have jumped the gun. I probably would have done something Ken like, and, uh, you know, I was still really bitter at that time towards my ex-wife. And so I'm mm-hmm. probably sure I would have said something that would have made the relationship sh- strained more. Right. So when we're in the program, right. Uh, on top of your your responsibilities um, to go to classes and things, you also have job responsibilities throughout the campus. And uh, this was, uh, man, it must have been December. Gosh, December or January, and it was cold. And I hate being cold. Uh, but I was working over at the Timberlake Outreach Center, and, you know, we were sorting donations. And I remember the it was just the most miserable experience. And, you know, some people are cut out for that kind of work. I am not one of those people. And I just remember sorting through donations, freezing, and wondering how is it I'm going to last four months doing mm-hmm. this? Like, there's just no way. Um, but then I got cycled into a rotation in the kitchen. And this was a heaven sent for me because like, this is what I do, Yeah, you know? And this was back when COVID was going like still full swing. So we were wearing masks and things, but, um, we were sending food over to Lydia house yeah. in uh, to go containers. And we had to make 80, 90, hundred, lots of to do to go containers of food to send over to Lydia house. And, uh, just uh, chef Gary in the kitchen was like, okay, this is what we need to do. Um, and so I started doing it and I don't know, I don't know what it was, maybe the way I was putting together these, uh, these to-go boxes, but, oh man, this guy's got kitchen experience. <laughs> you didn't tell anybody, huh? No, I was just trying to maintain a low profile. Mm-hmm. Still, uh, still working things out. And so they came up and asked me, and uh, I think it was Raphael, the cook at the time, he said, so do you, do you, have, you have kitchen experience, huh? And I'm like, I got a little bit, you know. I got a little bit of kitchen experience, about 25 years. <laughs> Downplayed that <laughs> <little>. <laughs> about, about 25 years of kitchen experience, but... Uh, um, from that day forward, man, um, I never had to go to TOC again. So I got to spend the rest of my program in the kitchen, um, cooking, uh, mm-hmm. cooking dinner mm-hmm. and cooking lunch and doing prep, um, which I think, man, man, I mean, it saved my life because I probably wouldn't have been able to make it through the program if I had to go over to TOC just based on my attitude and how I yeah. hate being cold. Um, but I got to go in and cook and it was therapeutic. I got to get out of my head for a little bit and I got to do what I know. Mm-hmm. And from day one, like... Chef Gary was like, go cook. And, and, 
you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of our guys who are coming through do that. They'll do like dishes and they'll do like, you know, um, they'll do cleaning stuff yeah. like that. Nope. He had me cooking. So, I mean, I was able to go in there and, and just be creative from, from the jump. Um, <clears throat> I spent the rest of my, uh, spent the rest of my program in the kitchen working. And then I graduated in April of 2021. I graduated in the Life Recovery Program. Okay. So one of the reasons you joined the program was after sitting through a graduation. So what was it like for you to actually be at your own graduation, preparing your testimony and your speech? I already knew what I wanted to say. At this point, I've been quiet for so long, try to get me to stop talking, you know, try to get me to stop talking to people about what Jesus has done for me in my life, what the open remission has done for me in my life and what I've done and what I've accomplished in such a short period of time, because from day one, walking into the open door mission to my graduation day, you wouldn't be able to tell it was the same person. And so not really, really knowing how to, uh, what my next, I guess my, my, my next transition would be. Um, I knew that the open door mission was in need of a cook. Um, and so I thought about it and I'm like, what a, I mean, I already know the kitchen and um, I really enjoy what I do. Um, but more than that, I get to talk about Jesus every day. And I get to talk about how the open remission changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I get to hopefully inspire those going through the same problems and same hardships and same thoughts and same feelings that I went through um, and, and show them that, look, you know, trust in God, trust in Jesus, trust in yourself. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Because I can honestly say, you know, I mean, ever since turning my life over to Christ, I mean, yeah, I've had bad days. I mean, let's be real about it. People have bad days. But nothing devastating. And nothing, and if I were to count all the blessings, they would far outweigh any of those bad days. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated, I applied for the for the cook position, and I got the job. That was really cool. Um, I went from being a student to a staff member. Um, shortly after that, I moved over to the, uh, permanent supportive housing building, mm-hmm. uh, my own apartment where I pay rent, which is an amazing feeling to be able to actually pay rent, you know, instead of living on somebody's couch mm-hmm. because I'm living in this permanent support uh, PSH building. Um, and I have, uh, my own apartment. Um, I get to have my boys every weekend. And we get to hang out and we get to go and do stuff. And that's such a blessing. And I know I've said it a million times, but me seeing my boys and being able to spend time with them is not the blessing. It is a blessing, but not the one that like really hits home. And the one that really hits home is, is that they actually want to be a part of my life. And, um, cause I messed it up, man. And I messed it up. And I know that's God. It has to be. Um, it was slow. But with consistency and uh, and just working at it and putting trust in in God and in that and that in His timing, things will will come full circle. Um, I'm excited to say that I'm taking my boys on vacation for ten days in the beginning of August, and we're going camping, and they get to go see my grandpa or their grandpa, and I get to see my sister for the first time in ten years. Wow! In November, I'll be three years sober. Congratulations. 
um, three years ago versus today, again, I'm, I'm completely different. I still have, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm not where I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And so it was a lot of hard work, sure. But, you know, and then people say, hey, Ken, you know, tell us your story. And I'm like, okay, I really don't like that phrase. It's because it's not my story. And, and really it's, it's God's story and I just get to be a part of it. And I just want people to know that like, I couldn't done this on my own. And it was the grace of Jesus Christ and the open remission, all of its staff, its volunteers and his donors that changed my life. I just had to be willing. It took a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. You, You didn't come in here wanting that, did you? I wanted a shower, man. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be warm. Yeah. But you know, so three years ago I was 140 pounds. Yeah. You don't have to say how much you weigh now. 240 (laughs) pounds right now. You know, like I'm healthy. (laughs) Well, you You know, know. Chef Gary called it full belly ministry, right? Nope. And and I, and I, and I liked, I I adopt that, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I like that because I mean, I mean, think about it. When you're hungry, are you, you get cranky, right? You get really just. That's all you can focus on. Yeah. You you know? And so when you're full, maybe you can think about things like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can think about things like mental health, or maybe you can think about things about how did I get myself here? Well, one of the things we've been referencing Chef Gary, but he felt like God was calling him more onto the men's men's side, the emergency side where Mm -hmm. people were coming in the doors. And so that left his position open in the, in the kitchen. I believe it's hospitality director was the title. Hospitality manager. Mm -hmm. And so now you are our hospitality manager. I am. And, um, still working alongside Gary though, in the same building. Yes. Um, when you just think how these last couple of years have been like, what are some of the words that come to mind? I feel blessed. Um, I really do love my job and maybe not for the reasons you might think. Yes, I get to cook because I get to see the smiles on the people's faces when they come through and they eat, not just my cooking, but any of the staff in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's really fulfilling to be able to be a part of something so much greater and bigger than myself, knowing that I get to, uh, utilize a skill that God gave me to, better the kingdom in some way Mm -hmm. for that to be my ministry, but also to love on these guys who come in through and who are in the, in the, in the beginning stages of changing their life, you know, um, to, uh, to be able to talk with them about what they're feeling, how, what they're going through. But you, you not only are ministering to the guys here in the program that are working in the kitchen alongside you, you get to minister to, to even volunteers who come in and serve in the kitchen and, Um, anyone who you come in contact with, you've shared your testimony so many times. Um, How does that make you feel? I mean, you've said it many times to many people, but every time I've talked to somebody who has heard it, it's powerful. Well, I believe it's a, God worked through me very powerfully. And um, he's, I am in many ways a much better person today than I was even before my addiction. 
and so to be able to just talk about it, you know, and to be a witness to what having a faith in Jesus does to a person. Like, I don't want to stop talking about it. The people are always saying, okay, Ken, all right, let's tell, tell us your story, but but we need to keep it at 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, right, keep it at 10 minutes. I think minutes. one time I even said, keep it to like two to three minutes, and you looked at me like, <laughs> Like, there is no way. Like, no way. I cannot stop talking yeah. about the blessings. So you go from not talking at all. To not to, being able to stop talking. Yeah. Yes, I know, I get that. <laughs> but that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, and then even before before the open door mission, like speaking in front of a group of people, never would have happened. Never. Never more than like two people at a time. Like, and so, but now it doesn't matter. It does not matter how many people there are. And that's really cool. Well, I just want to thank you for the all that you do and all the people that you do minister to, but also for sharing God's story through you. Thank you. What a hope. I truly enjoyed, uh, just recently, Ken and I were part of a team that attended the CityGate conference. And uh, it was amazing because us women all had suitcases and Ken came to the airport with a backpack. That's it. He travels light. But you know what was so exciting? Um, there's 1,200 of us people in rescue that had gathered for this conference. And Ken was soaking it all up, but he also got to reunite with family. And uh, that was just so amazing for me to see him and his mom together. Oh. And Chef Ken is one of the many graduates of our New Life Recovery Program that works for Open Door Mission. Now, that's something really important to you, isn't it, Candace? It truly is. Uh, it's a joy when we see our students graduate, but when they go back to school and they further their education and then they become part of our team here at the Open Door Mission, it is so, so satisfying in a way that I just can't explain. Mm -hmm. When you see that transformation, too. Oh, so, so powerful. Well, that is it for today's show, Candice. It goes so fast. It does. Thank you for joining us today for Coffee with Candice. We hope you learned something, felt inspired, and know how much we appreciate you, our donors, supporters, and volunteers. We can't do what we do without you. You can keep up on the latest happenings at Open Door Mission by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and by joining our e-news list. You can sign up online for that at opendoormission.org. Again, we'd love your five-star rating. We sure would. See you next time.